everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Searchers. This is Ben. Joining me today, as always, we have Chris. Hi, everybody. With uh, the big country in the background, I endorse that. And, of course, last but not least, Mr. Kevin Chan. Hello. What's up, everybody? We've been doing pretty... Pretty good. Pretty consistently the past couple of months after that break, every two weeks. So uh, we got another one coming out. But yeah, how's everybody doing? Getting ready Good. for Thanksgiving. Yep. Well, all right. Well, let's let's settle it right now. Did we talk about this last year? I don't remember. Uh, on episode like whatever, four. But favorite Thanksgiving food, Chris, you go first. I, I, think, it's, mm. I think it has to be the, the turnips. I'm a turnip the guy. Turnips? Oh, really? Turnip. Okay. Turn up. That, that was a plot twist. <laughs> yes, I actually just bought. I went to the grocery store an hour ago, and I picked up a butternut squash and a rutabaga, aka a turnip. Rutabaga is a lot more fun to say. Rutabaga. What about you, Kevin? For me, you- it's honey baked ham. My family loves very nice. ham, so you know that's like a that's a tradition in the uh, Chan household. Just like just like turkey, you can eat that for days afterwards. Yes, exactly, exactly. Fry it up, and it's like bacon. It's like oof, so good. While I don't eat turnips for Thanksgiving, <laughs> and I do like honey baked ham, I'm going with mashed potatoes. You know, like a traditional classic American. There you go. There you go. Classic. A uh, little bit of garlic, little a lot of extra butter. Mm. Do you do any mashed sweet potato ever, or just I regular potatoes? I've never made that, but uh, I'm trying to think if I've had it recently. I don't think I've had it recently. I like I like sweet potato. I like uh, you know, it's a little different, but mm-hmm. as a as a kid, so I ate. I don't know if you guys saw, but I posted in uh, one of the groups we're in. Romanesco. Do you know what that is? No, I missed it. So it's like a a vegetable that's a, a mix between a cauliflower and a broccoli and broccoli, but it, it it looks like it literally is a Fibonacci sequence looking thing. Like it, it's like the small, like you got to look it up. I, I can't explain it. This is a podcast for people listening, not visually Googling right now. Yes. Yeah. Look at the, it's like some alien level shit right here. And I ate that tonight. Oh, I, I know what you're, Oh. Doesn't it look weird? I can't eat that shit, man. (laughs) Say the name again. Sorry. Romanesco. Esco. Romanesco. Was it good? A a Yamaguchi. 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 Oh, yes. It was good. It was good. Okay. Okay. If everyone listening doesn't know what that is, look it up. It's some bizarre looking like diamond growing crystalline thing. But it's actually a vegetable. It's like something a white blood cell would chase. Just, or something. Cl- just close your eyes, and it literally tastes like cauliflower. It's pretty good, but okay. Like cauliflower, broccoli, and marijuana got together and had and had a baby. Yes, you'd be like, I don't know who's, you know, I don't know who the father was, but it's one of you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that that was a a a, a very interesting turn. I, I didn't realize it would go there. It's going to be stuck in my head now. Ben, thanks for that. You're welcome. <laughs> Oh, as we talk about vegetables, perfect segue. The mussels from Brussels today we yes. are covering. The mussels from Brussels, a.k.a. John Claude Van Damme. No, not John Claus Van Damme, like my shirt <laughs> or my like, uh, sweater says. <laughs> but we're, we're covering the 1991 action movie 
starring him in two roles, Double Impact. So yes, I've seen this before because I, I picked it and I was like, all right, I got to pick a... I wanted to do Jean-Claude Van Damme and I wanted to do a movie that you guys both hadn't seen. So, you mm. know, keeping it with the mission statement of the podcast. Keeping it real. Yes, we're searching. I'm I'm helping these guys search for the the shit they're supposed to like. They better uh-huh. like this thing, or I'll be really upset. No, oh. oh. <laughs> what you gonna? But do? yeah, oh, I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> I'm gonna actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna punch you in the balls because there was a lot of ball. That was a lot of ball. Uh, <laughs> a lot of ball touching in this movie. There's a lot of ball grabbing in this movie. Yeah, it's almost. Oh, boy. It was almost as much ball touching as the last hong kong movie i saw i'm i'm waiting for something really weird yeah no 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 it it was one of the ones i think you've seen it's in a it's, it's a shaw bros movie that has the guy with the really long white beard fu manchu yeah yeah low low Lier was playing uh what's his, i forget his name he's, but he's yes. the villain where his pressure points on his body aren't the same <laughs> like they're all like messed up yes. so he just he gets hit in the balls like 80 times um <laughs> oh gosh I'm, I'm I can't think of the name of the, the movie. Name. It's not Invincible Shaolin, but no, it's not. But you know what? You keep talking, I'll find it. Search for it, Chris. That's our job. Maybe I didn't search the right guy. No, this is definitely Lolier. Uh, he's an on the run. He, 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 it's Executioners from Shaolin. Yes. Mm. Well, I don't see he, that here for some he, reason. He plays Pai Mei, which he reprises in a couple other movies. But yeah, there's a lot of bo- excellent. Kevin, there's a lot of like yeah. ball touching in this movie where the guy's trying to fight him and he's like, Oh, you can't find my pressure points. And his spoiler, the pressure points in his like the palm of his hand or something. Uh, it's Lao Carlung. Yes. Lao Carlung. Oh, sweet. Yes, That's yes. on my watch and list. Okay. There's a few times where he gets kicked in the private area and it's just crazy facial reactions. And he's always like, Aha, you can't hurt me. My energy is not there. Because the whole gist of the movie is the, the family that's trying to beat him. Uh, yeah. The family teaches crane style and tiger style, and they have a son, and he's just trying to figure out where he belongs. Uh, like, which style is he? Um, so he merges but, the two. So he merges <laughs> the two, and uh, the guy who's the villain um, isn't ready for that. Like, that's the whole, like, just a bit. Um, but yes, that was a long tangent just to say that it reminded me of that movie. That's good. I like that. <laughs> Speaking of Hong Kong, this movie was was shot there, so that's perfect. Uh, little perfect little aside, Christopher. Thank you. So, so uh, I'll just get the synopsis out of the way. From the back of my, I have the Blu-ray from MVD Rewind Collection, but I will I will read the VHS synopsis because it's just so funny to read this shit that they put on the back of these things. Jean-Claude Van Damme is back on the big screen with a co-star who's just as tough and just as charming as he is, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Van Damme stars in Double Impact as identical twin brothers Chad and Alex. Separated when only six months old and reunited 25 years later, they must now fight to inherit the fortune that precipitates... I don't even know what word that is. That's Precipitates? No, yeah, yeah, I, say- <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> Did they misspell it? I feel like John Claude wrote this himself. Yeah, it's a misspelling. The uh, predates the murder of their parents, predates. 1966, when gangsters murdered businessman Paul Wagner and his wife in Hong Kong. They, wow, this is really bad, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like so. Just read it the way it I is. Did, I did not. I, proof- I, did. I did not. How many beers this. have you had? Okay. 
Uh, 75% of one. (laughs) (laughs) They were supposed to eliminate his infant sons too. It wasn't soft-heartedness that stopped them. It was Frank Avery, played by Jeffrey Lewis, Wagner's trusted friend and employee who managed to whisk away six-month-old Chad from the murder scene while the terror-stricken nanny fled with his twin, Alex. On the run and separated from Avery, the nanny hid Alex in Hong Kong in a Hong Kong orphanage while Frank took Chad to California uh, to hang out with Kevin Chan, where he raised him like a son. (laughs) Years later, Avery yeah. gets a lead on Alex's whereabouts from a private detective. With Chad, uh, Magnum P.I., come on. With, with Chad, he returns to Hong Kong, where the brothers each discover for the first time that they have a twin. For Alex, tough smuggler raised on the back streets of Hong Kong, and Chad, a stylish, slightly naive karate instructor from Trendy, L.A., it's a discovery that doesn't exactly melt their hearts. I apologize for it's like I love two, that I love that synopsis. Yeah, there's there's two misspellings <laughs> on that. It's pretty bad, but oh well. I I, <laughs> I had the VHS of this growing up, and I wish I would have had my copy to read off of. But mm. here we are. Here we are. Here we are. So yeah, that's the movie. Uh, before I have some scenes pre-selected, but before we get to that, what was uh your initial impressions, Kevin? You go first. Since, so, you're, since you're Asian and this is Hong Kong. Yeah, yeah, naturally. <laughs> this is my style. Thanks for coming to me first, Ben. <laughs> yes. So funny funny thing is, is that when you when you mentioned Double Impact, I, so I hadn't seen a Van Damme movie in quite a long time. And not to try to sound like Chris Stuckman here, where he's like, you know, I grew up with it. I grew up with that character. I grew up with this movie. No, I mean, like, you know, I grew up with Jackie. I grew up with a lot of the action stars and Van Damme was one of them. I had thought that Double Impact was... A Van Damme movie that I had seen. Turns out, no, it wasn't because Van Damme has played twins in two other movies besides this, and I was no confusing. Which yeah, are? I was, was confused. I'll get to. I'll, I was confusing Double Impact with uh, a film called Replicant, and he played he plays twins in Replicant, and that was directed by a, a famous Hong Kong director, Ringo Lam. The other movie uh-huh. in which he played twins was um, Maximum Risk. Also directed by Ringo Lam. Sounds like funny... two Jack Core movies. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, five, two classic Jack Core five stars, five out of five stars movies. Um, the funny thing here is, is that Ringo Lam directed a Jackie Chan film, and in that film, Jackie plays twins as well. It's called Twin Dragons. It's just like it's just a funny connection that I found. But anyway, Which came out. So he doesn't ninety two. So he doesn't yeah, play 92. twins in double team. No, no, no that's twins what, in double that's team. What, that's not double team. That. That's what Dennis Rodman. Yeah, <laughs> I can tell just by the poster because he's got his hair dyed green. Yeah, but, oh, but to go back to twin dragons, I always thought like before we started talking today, you know, months ago or actually years ago, because I always I've seen Double Impact. I probably watched this when I was like ten, but when I saw Twin Dragons, you know, when I got into my Jackie. My big mm-hmm. Jackie kick, uh, pardon the pun. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, they 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 must have, you know, Van Damme must have copied off of Jackie since it was they're both Hong Kong set in Hong Kong, but actually, Twin Dragons came after. Yeah, and I I don't think the tone of those two movies are so different. I just think they were just it was a coincidence that they both had, uh, you know, the the main actor doubling as two different people. Yeah, but yeah, that no. movie. Some people like it, some people don't. I think it's a fun time. 
I think it's very, a fun time too. Very, very different than this. <laughs> super, super different than this. I enjoyed Double Impact, and it was actually really nice to revisit Van Damme uh, once again. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't grow up with a ton of Van Damme movies as compared to Jackie, but Kickboxer, uh, people Kino hate. Yeah, Kino, super Kino. People hate this film. I think it's great. I haven't seen it in a while. I'm tempted to get it on Blu-ray. Uh, Street Fighter. Yeah, people mm. hate that. People hate that movie, <laughs> but it's funny. I love. I think it's fun. And the prime Van Damme film, Bloodsport, is uh, one that I never failed to... Whenever I saw it on TV, I'm like, oh, no, I'm watching it right now. So <laughs> Bloodsport is so freaking good. I love Bloodsport, even though it's based on a hoax, right? I mean... Yeah, well, yeah. funny enough, when you read, like, the intro like epilogue credits kind of thing explaining like the kumite fighting tournament and uh yeah. all that and frank dukes it's like oh it's so real and it's like <laughs> it's been debunked like years later but dude frank dukes got pulled in on a bunch of movies in like the 90s because of his like supposed career and yeah and it's like actually it's all bullshit yeah <laughs> but it's amazing uh, but yeah, so Chris, uh, give your opinion, your first impression, and then also your experience with uh, JCBD. So I I had fun with this. It was fun. It was fun. I've seen JCVD in, as far as films that he starred in, I've seen three others. One of those is Cyborg, Albert Pune, uh, callback. I, I knew he was going to bring that one up. <laughs> yes. The other two I've seen are Lionheart and Death Warrant. Yeah, Lionheart, and, I recommend to everybody, too. Uh, I liked Lionheart, I think. Um, and I loved Death Warrant. That's that's my favorite one so far. Okay. It, I don't know who directed that, but it has a very atmospheric feel to it. Like, the stakes feel legitimate in that, in my opinion. Um, so I like that one. and. This this was just fun. I like films where the filmmakers challenge themselves and the actor challenges themselves to play twins when they're not actually twins. So I was going to ask this when Kevin, when you were starting to name some other movies there. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a topical question. What other films do you guys like or dislike that start you know that have the focus on twins? Maybe the, we'll just limit it to actors. Who well, aren't twins that are playing twins? Damn it! <laughs> I was gonna be like, well, of course, every single Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen movie is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Do you guys have any favorites or anything that you actors maybe that have just seen? I was, what, was, even... was Arnie in a movie with a? He was twins with Danny DeVito in that movie. Danny yeah, DeVito. that's called Twins. Yes, that's called, <laughs> yeah. Okay, I had never that's seen that, but I, I remember that. Yeah, I, I'm uh -huh. I'm struggling to remember. So, all right, let's get this straight too, since people are are forgetful. What? Tell us. All right, identical twins are what, and then the ones that aren't. There's like fraternal and paternal. Fraternal, fraternal, fraternal. and what? No, no, it's uh, it's fraternal. Fraternal. Fraternal twins. Yep, that those those don't. And identical. And identical. Exactly. So fraternal. Okay. okay. Fraternal or two a two different eggs, and then identical are the same egg that split into two. I think. Mm -hmm. Our little bio lesson for you people. Yeah. We're, we're not biologists. Oh, I'm not a <laughs> biologist, but 
Um, I'm not a rapper. <laughs> yes. Bring that back. Uh, yeah. I'm just, yeah, okay. I'm trying to, I really am struggling. Like, I had to do a little Google search and be like, <laughs> all right, what are movies with I've, twins? I've okay. got a few off the top of my head without looking. Adaptation, Nick Cage. Mm, plays, uh, plays twins. Yep. It. Probably should see that one. That one's rather exceptional. Okay. Um, there's Double Trouble, which <laughs> it's not a recommendation. Yeah. It's just a movie I've seen. That's got Peter Paul and David Paul. I don't know if you guys know who they are. Mm. Um, Peter oh, Paul are, they, are those the Muscle Bros? The Muscle yeah. Bros. I yeah. think I've seen one of their movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then there's. I mean, of course, Parent, Parent Trap. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I was gonna say the Parent uh, Trap, but there's one, both versions. Original. Yeah, I've never seen the the Haley Mills one, but I've I've obviously seen the Lindsay Lohan one. That was. Yep. That was Me on too. Sunday Sunday night ABC movies like freaking a hundred times. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wonderful world of Disney. Yes, <laughs> that's when I uh, saw it. I think. R.I.P. Yeah. Pour one out for pour one out for your dead for your dead homies. <laughs> Wait, who died? Disney. Disney. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Lindsay Lohan is not dead. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't surprise me at this point. Yeah. So, do you have any Ben? Like any others that you have or twins? Kevin? Twins. It's twin like, twin dragons. All right, twin dragons is... is like my biggest one, but they're. Speaking of Arnie, there is a movie in which Arnie does play twins. I th- forgot what it's called. The Sixth Day, I think. I forgot. All right. So there's obviously The Prestige. We didn't think of that. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. I guess I haven't seen any other ones, really. I'll name a very, well, might be niche, but there is a back in the days of Disney Channel original movies. Andy Lawrence played, uh, him, played twins in The Other Me. <laughs> so... Uh, that's okay. just another one, but uh, no one's gonna know what the hell Solid. that movie is. I think a lot of, well, I think people our generation might know, but anyways, yeah, that, I don't, I don't know as much as you, Chris. I think you're more the connoisseur on twin films. <laughs> I mean, not, I'm not really, a, yeah, I'm just bringing it up because it's a relevant you know, question. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know, but compared to me and, <laughs> yeah, uh, there's, there's the movie. I, I'm just looking up shit from list. There's the movie Enemy with Jake. Gyllenhaal. Hall. <laughs> that was that's a Hall. Hall. Yeah. That's a favorite movie of some of our boys in yeah, the other right. in the other group. Weston and Bryant, I think, really like that movie. I think so. That's a wave. Didn't that that's a wave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that movie has very mixed reviews, surprisingly. I can't think of the name of it because I'm just going off the top of my head here. But Mark Ruffalo played twins somewhere. And Again, I don't know the name of the movie, hmm. but he's obviously not a twin, so that yeah. counts. Yeah. And then I think I'd have to look up more from here. But yeah, I I would say that this is the best one, easily. <laughs> oh, you would. <laughs> I'm serious. I can tell by the smile on your face. I'm serious. It's the best one. And the opinion. background right there too. Yeah, you like that? Yeah, I love that background. <laughs> yeah. For everyone who's listening, Ben has Jean-Claude Van Damme and his twin behind him. Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah. <laughs> Chad and Alex. But yeah, we'll get let's get into the a little bit of the movie. So they're kidnapped. Well, they are not kidnapped. They're orphaned very early on and they're separated and they're reunited. That's the same, that's kind of the same plot with kevin with twin dragons where jackie plays like 
like a pianist, I think, or a violinist. He, he he's a violinist and his and then yeah, another, so, and then a gang member. Or like yeah, a, same kind of. That's why I always thought these movies the same were like some, somehow ripoffs of each other, but I don't think they are. No, I don't think they are. But in Double Impact, they uh, you know Alex, the one with the you know how they distinguish these two characters is like the L.A. one. <laughs> Chad is like super like flamboyant like the opening shots him in like a leotard doing a split with yeah. his ass out which is a Van Damme trademark he always like showing his butt off in his movies yeah a lot and of then, ass shots in this film and then the one from <laughs> Hong Kong who grew up on this on the streets of Hong Kong has slick back gelled hair very cool Call it toothpick looking. in his mouth toothpick yeah. in his mouth he wears tank tops he's very brooding and he he talks they actually he's Van Damme delivers the lines differently for both characters, which props to him. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get to whether, this it, effort there. whether it's successful or not is a different story, but props to it, him for trying that. It, it's successful. Uh, <laughs> and so these guys, they, you know, I think I feel like for like 30 or 40 minutes of the movie, there's this, this, this constant just in all these situations, they keep getting mistaken for the other one. Like the first ones with uh, the, with Alex's, girlfriend played by alana shawl a, a very pretty blonde woman who mm. i don't think she's been in much other stuff so she's kind of like a no name but yeah she she mistakes chad the one with like you know the, he wears like polo very short uh sh- shorts <laughs> and like polo is really tight and like they're like very uh what's the word i'm not, not uh neon what's the what's the word pastels with? pastels yes yeah perfect i was gonna say you can describe this whole movie by just the fashion of the twins, which is which is essentially what you just did. The longest running joke in the movie is that the brother who wears pastels and likes to show his butt around uh, wears black silk underwear. <laughs> Literally the longest running joke in the movie. Yeah. The girlfriend grabs his dick, I think. Like, and he's like, how do you mistake? This guy doesn't even look like your boyfriend, but we'll, we'll give it to her. We'll give it to her. <laughs> well, he looks uh, like him. But he, he doesn't like him, just dress doesn't, like him. Doesn't talk all. like him. Doesn't act like him. Like yeah. whatever. And then there's a couple other ones. We don't need to get into all of them. But they're they're mistaken for each other. And then the the guys who the businessmen slash triad bosses who killed their parents make the same mistake. I think one or two times. So there's a lot going on with like playing off the you know the, the different identity of the of the person. Like all the all Alex's, uh, all of his underlings, mis- like, oh, boss, uh, I don't like the the, the new look. Ah, like, like making like, <laughs> making fun of how how he has short shorts on and stuff. So, like, yeah, there's a new haircut. A bu- yeah, exactly, a bunch of that. But yeah, let's go through before we get into a lot of plot heavy stuff and some of the scenes for the listeners. Let's go through the, some of the cast. So you got Jeffrey Lewis, who was in a lot of Clint movies. I think. Kevin would know that he was, he was uh-huh. a regular with Clint, like every which way with, but loose and every which way, but loose. Yeah. And other ones as well. Under Bolton Lightfoot. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Of yeah. He was, he was in a lot of stuff with Clint and just, I'm trying to see if he, I don't think he was in any other stuff with, uh, with John he was Clark, in heaven's gate. There you go. He's in some Bronson movies. He was actually in a movie with, uh, he was in one of the Terrence Hill movies. So yeah, he's been, he's, ben, made he's in the shadow riders. That's one for you. I've seen it. It's been a while, I think. Been too long. Or, yeah, he's in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, it's been a while, but yeah. Come mm-hmm. on, I've seen so many damn westerns, man, at this point. 
He was actually, well, the most famous one, High Plains Drifter. Yeah. As uh, the, like the main heavy, I think. Mm-hmm. Just about to say, yep. He's also in um, Robert Preston, one of Robert Preston's last movies where Robert Preston was in a Western um, called September Gun. I've seen that. Okay. Solid. Solid. Yeah. So, yeah, he plays uh, Chad's quote unquote uncle and, you know, Uncle Frankie. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it was so obvious. Uh, yeah and we got the main heavy in this movie i would say like is bolo young who anybody right. who follows hong kong movies know knows him mm-hmm. uh, we got Corey everson are you guys familiar with, with her no she she is a, she's a bodybuilder six-time miss olympia in the 80s and she played a re- reoccurring role in hercules legendary journey with kevin right. sorbo as atalanta uh and in that she's showing a little skin too like yeah. in this movie uh, obviously since she's a bodybuilder and got the fake boobs and all that yeah good looking girl um then we got philip chan kevin i i'm not sure if he's not he's not your uncle or anything but no he's not but he could be you never know <laughs> jackie chan might be kevin's but dad who knows who knows i fooled people into thinking that he was my uncle back in elementary school so i mean anything can be possible but yeah they, 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 they all they all should have immediately said but you're filipino yeah yeah they they didn't catch on very quickly <laughs> <laughs> but no philip chan yeah i know him he was in hard-boiled twin dragons as we mentioned earlier police story three he's in a lot of jackie chan movies yeah, so funny enough, in a lot of the movies he was in in Hong Kong, like technically not counting Double Impact. It's filmed in Hong Kong, but it's still American financed. A lot of the Hong Kong movies he was in, I think he, in Bloodsport, he was the police chief, right? I believe so, yeah. He was a police chief in real life and retired and then went to the movies. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Harkening back of... to the uh, last episode where uh, we had veterans, actual actual yes. people who fought in the war. And you look That's at right. this. Hey. Another he one, was, another example. He, he was in Twin Dragons for you, Kevin. So that's yeah, that's yeah, funny. Yeah. And he was in. It looks like he was in a lot of uh, the heroic bloodshed, uh, John Woo esque movies, and some of the John. He was in Hard Boiled. So he's been around in the uh, Hong Kong movie industry. So another one. And then there's a. I'm not going to go through everybody, but there's a lot of them. If you go do some research. A lot of the stunt guys and, and like guys filling in for the triad members were actually part of the Jackie Chan stunt team. Yeah. That was pretty cool to see, to like hear about after the fact. With that, I can kind of get into my first scene, I think. It's perfect. It's 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 the kind of the rehash. There's an epilogue scene in this movie where they're showing 1966, which doesn't look very different from the 1990 or 1989, <laughs> but when this movie was filmed. Let me share this and play the clip. Look at him. The way he watch, he the way he looks, looks like the you. way he touch you. Sorry. He looks exactly like you. Look like me? You, of all people, should know I would never in my life wear black silk underwear. Wait, wait, wait. Look at him. Fuck it. Frank. Frankie. What's going on here? Chad, he's your brother. Look at him. For Christ's sake, look at him. Just take a look at him. He's your twin brother. Believe this. My brother. See that door? You've got both of you ten seconds to get the fuck out. 
Or the fish tank may be better. Should you at least hear what they've got to say? Five seconds! Damn it, Alex! You stay here. Don't even think about it, pal. Don't even think about it. Sit down. Okay. Let's talk. You ever hear a guy named Nigel Griffith? That's like asking a New Yorker if he's ever heard of Donald Trump. What about Raymond Zhang? Yeah. What about him? And what's all this got to do with Alex anyway? It's simple. The Victoria Harbor Tunnel was built by a man that I used to work for after I finished my tour in Nam. Halfway through construction, he ran into money problems. So he pulled in Griffiths as an equity partner. Now, Griffiths got his cash from a secret loan courtesy of the Zhang family. When the tunnel was completed and my employer's construction expertise was no longer needed, they had him and his wife X'd out by a triad hit team. Only the triads fucked up because they had two sons, babies, who they were going to wipe out too so they wouldn't come back and claim what was rightfully theirs. You fool of shit. Paul and Catherine Wagner and their two sons, Chad and Alex. They kind of give you a rehash, right? You know, once they get to Hong Kong, they give you this rehash of the epilogue that we all saw as, as, as the audience of the movie. This explains the epilogue. And then also my point in showing this is, is, is that it shows the relationship of how these two twin brothers started out where they, don't like each other, nothing in common, no common goal. Well, well, Frank gives them a common goal, but they still can't get along together about it till a pretty, you know, substantial amount of time goes by in the movie. Jeffrey Lewis just kills it. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to throw shade at Jean-Claude Van Damme. I like the guy. I do. Putting him next to Jeffrey Lewis is sort of like, <laughs> it's sort of a double-edged sword because Jeffrey Lewis just outacts the, the shite out of everybody in this movie. And um, that's just my two cents. Like I loved every no, single second he was acting on screen. Better. I was just like, he's like, like you can, he's it's, it's actor, too obvious. It's so obvious actor, compared to everybody else. You, you know, he's comfortable in the role. He looks like he's just a worn, like he's a worn dude. He has the experience and he, he doesn't flinch at any part. You no, know what I mean? Even if I, the dialogue is horrible, like he still is able to sell it. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> really well. Yeah, I think the juxtaposition there isn't John Claude Van Damme, but Alana Shaw's character is like, "Come on, Alex!" Like, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I got to say something about her that sort of bothered me throughout the entire film. She, her accent, I think, changes in every she scene. She can't tell she can't, if, she's, yeah. if she's British Hong Kong or American or, or yeah. British or whatever. What you is know. she supposed to be? I think she's supposed to be British Hong Kong. Yeah, I would assume she was British-born Hong Kong citizen. Hong- yeah, okay. But her her okay. American, she speaks like with an American accent in some scenes. Other scenes, she's back to sounding like a pseudo English, uh, you know, posh royalty. <laughs> you know who they they actually auditioned who was would have been better in my opinion acting wise, but looks wise, I see why they went with Alana Shaw. Who? They actually were going to cast Tia Carrere. I wanted, I would like her 
Yeah. I would very much like her, actually. And then and, and Jean Claude Jean Claude yes. was like, you know, I, I want a blonde. I'm like, just oh, dye her hair. <laughs> they, they dyed Corey Everson's hair. That's true. She was yeah. she was a blonde. Well, she had her hot hair dyed blonde during her Miss Olympia days and came to try out for this movie. And there's actually videos you can watch on the behind the scenes of them doing like the test videos with Alana Shaw, which mm-hmm. I have for another scene I'll, sh- I'll show in a little bit. Mm. Um, but she has blonde hair in that one. But that's weird. She has to have the, the red hair just adds to like your bad woman in a, in a movie when you have like red hair. I don't know. That's just me. Yeah. No soul. <laughs> speaking, speaking of Tia Carrere and Tia Love. Carrere and call the conqueror. She's like an evil demon, witch with red hair and it works perfectly. There you, you guys, go. They should have taken yeah. a page out of that book. Have you seen Call the Con- Well, that came after this movie. Have you seen that? I'm assuming not. I haven't seen No. That. You you should watch that shit. I, I think I have also the MVD collection Blu-ray for that movie as well. Um, but yeah, that's Off the nine. top of my head, I've only seen her in Wayne's World 1 and 2. Really? You haven't seen True Lies? True Lies oh, is a big that, one. She is in that. You're right. Yeah. I have Jun- yeah, yeah. Juno Skinner. Mm-hmm. Yes. Watch, <laughs> the, watch this movie podcast. That was the episode I was on. Go check those guys out. Yes. Sir. Boom. I love Tia Carrere. Would have been a would have been a better a better choice, but hey, it's okay. I get it. I get it. <laughs> I, I think the casting everywhere else is pretty on point. Everything else works. Uh, I don't know the guy's name, Alan Scarf or Scarfy, for Nigel Griffith. I think his casting was good. I think he's her, good. Alana Shaw. There's a there's a scene in the movie where she has a great body. She's a yeah. pretty face, but. Her acting ability, if you go look at her casting, is pretty <laughs> n- nil, but oh well. She went on to become a writer, I think. Uh, okay. Not, not Makes so. Sense. Yeah, she she didn't continue her acting career, but she was mainly a model, and then she became some writer for, uh, I don't know, but that's easy to look up. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, not very prolific, not a pro- prolific actress at all. Speaking of Corey Everson, I think we should just go right into the next scene. It's, it's yeah. We were already talking about it. Absolutely. What's the big hurry? Are you, um, hiding something? No. No? Well, that's good, because I have to frisk you. (laughs) And if I don't find anything, well... Let you go. <laughs> we can just forget this ever happened. Come on, now turn around. That's a good girl, yeah. And now <laughs> you can frisk me. <laughs> So the context there, we just kind of skipped a lot ahead in the plot, but Alana Shaw's character, Danielle, works for Nigel Griffith, and Griffith has this persona that he's a good businessman. You know, he's straight-laced throughout the you know first half of the film. Frank is like, that's bullshit. You know, you need to like look in and see if you can find the files on this bridge that you're, that the, their father, you know, built basically and was killed over. So she's digging for files like for the first two-thirds of the movie. And this is uh, Corey Everson's like the bodyguard for Griffith. And 
So she's caught her like twice, and this is the last time they caught her. And uh, the the bad guys are listening in on this little back and forth right here where she's getting frisked. And I just never occurred to me when I was a, a little kid or you know a ten or twelve year old watching this like this is uh, kind of weird, but. right now when you have more context you're like oh damn it's funny when you replayed it it's a really quiet scene but more than half of it all you can hear are the leather pants yeah yeah. that's a a nice (laughs) 80s touch when she's moving around she's in between her whispers for any listeners like if you go back and listen to the scene played you can just hear you can hear the rubbing of the leather pants i'm sorry that's that's just no, fun to like, point that out. It's like just like the croaking of the leather. <laughs> there, yeah. there, there was no, no ball touching in that scene, but there was some no. other kind of touching. But Ooh, la, la. Yeah. yeah, that's where the film takes a little bit of a turn. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what did you guys think about them going to the nightclub where they were having, where the bad guys are having their secret meeting about like how they're gonna start selling drugs and stuff? What do you think about that scene where they have bringing in the cognac? And they're the, tw- the twins are pl- they're playing off that you know fake identity shit with the uh, the henchmen, and this is after a f- initial Bolo Young fight with with uh, yeah. the wrong twin again. This whole thing keeps going mm-hmm. throughout <laughs> after that. But what did you guys think about the nightclub scene? I thought it was fun. I thought I thought like really like as, as the film goes on, like you, when you see like the when it gets to that part of the film, it, you, you kind of see the action just sort of amp kind of gradually amp up from the beginning. So that yeah, that I think was, I agree with I that. Think, it's sort of it's sort of just a mark. Like it's I don't know. It's not quite halfway, right? Maybe it's a little more. No, than I don't halfway. think so. A little, a little bit more than halfway. Yeah, I'd agree with Kevin. It's sort of the marker where uh, the action picks up. Well, there there was a scene before that when they go and steal the cognac, but that's basically half the halfway point when mm-hmm. the the bad guys are starting to catch on to these guys. My whole point of asking that question is was that scene they they even kind of tilt their hand a bit in it and, and in the the extras of the blu-ray Sheldon Littich the director and producer one of the producers along with John Claude uh he he mentions the you know that little line where where the girl who on Frank on uh Jeffrey Lewis's character Frank's arm is like oh you look like Sean Connery <laughs> there he, he's like even he, he Sheldon Littich even mentioned that this was kind of, oh, this is where, this is where we kind of take it like James Bondian kind of, you know, this back and forth with the the bad guys. They're on an, you know, an exotic island. Then there's a hostage situation. I don't know if you guys caught that or not, but I can see it. Like the henchmen are having this deal yeah. at a party and the guys show up in tuxes. I mean, I, th- I think they're just, you know, they're playing into it pretty well right there. Yeah, sure. I never caught that. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I like that. So yeah. James Bond s that was where the uh... <laughs> you, you look like you look like Sean Connery. It's like uh... <laughs> not, not really, but sure. No. <laughs> Try again. I mean, may, I mean, maybe in like 1990, not not in 1975 or right five or whatever, but whatever. That was that was funny. I, I laughed at that. So, is there any anything that before I get to the other two scenes I have prepared? I want to go back to you mentioned Sheldon Ledick. Lidditch. director Ledich. Ledich? Yeah. Ledich? Yeah. Ledich, Ledich. Yeah. Excuse me, folks. You mentioned his name, and I I read a piece of trivia, which I don't know if you guys came across. I could have mentioned it before when I brought up Cyborg, the movie. Yeah. Don't, don't know if you know, but 
this was once before the, the film was made, Double Impact. It was in pre-production or in development, whatever you want to call it. It was called the Corsican Brothers. And JCVD actually approached Albert Pune to direct this movie back in the late 80s. Um, so, you know, four or five years roughly before this eventually came out. Yes. So the, the Corsican Brothers yeah. was an Alexander Dumo story that they they bought the rights from it from the Go the Golan Globus canning film group. Um and that's probably oh, did how they? that's probably okay. how Pune mm -hmm. Pune got didn't Pune make movies for them? I'm I think he yes. At least I one. Don't, so yeah. I don't want to be wrong. I want to say it was one of his first movies, I think was a canon film. So that's probably why his name I, I don't know either. I'm just I'm throwing that out there because it they're in the no, same I, kind I, of realm. I think yes. you guys are right. Yeah. So that's probably how. Yeah. Um, but I thought that was kind of interesting um, only because I, I, I don't like Cyborg as much as I ended up liking Double Impact. But I think Albert Pune would have been a very, very. I think he would have been a better choice than, than Sheldon Liddick for this film. Um, I could agree with that. Yeah. Because in terms of style. In terms style. Of yeah. And style would be. Yeah. The only caveat there is if. I don't know what the budget for this film was, but the only caveat is if Albert Pune was given the same amount of money to work with, they probably would have been like Pune. You're not getting. I, I want to <laughs> say this this movie was a, was around ten or fifteen million at the time, which is a lot. Mm. Which is like that's a, a lot. Yeah. That's a decent <clears throat> yeah. like mid grade picture. Uh, it wasn't like a Stallone movie it was probably like fifty million. So for uh, back mm -hmm. back in the late eighties, so they got a lot of money, and I do have some more information on that, but. I think sure. Pune, they probably would have been like, here's three million. <laughs> like Yeah, right. Just because, <laughs> that's a good point. Just because if they had chosen a different director and they would have been like, Oh, Pune, you work on you work on budgets, like we're gonna we're gonna trim it from the get-go. I still think I would have wanted to see his version of the movie. Oh yeah. But, I mean, I, I think it could have been I would good. agree with that, yeah. Yeah. However, if he was given the same budget, I think if he was ever given a budget, I think he would have knocked it out of the park. Um that's just me being a pune homer a little bit you know? <laughs> no i would agree because you, you there would be like you would see that footprint if albert pune directed that, this that, film that auteur uh, yeah the auteur know, quality his, his his traits that we talked about back that's, in the down twisted that, episode yeah exactly that's something i wanted to get into because if you want to take into account uh see this is coming off the cusp of the late 80s and uh yes. it's still kind of got that that feel of uh, of the 80s but Jackie and uh, for so for example, you take Jackie and you take Stallone, and both those guys wrote, produced, and directed their films for the most part. And there was there was an auteur quality to it. This, on the other hand, doesn't really have much of a style, but it's almost like a director trying to visualize what it, it feels like. Jean Claude Van Damme had a day, was daydreaming one day, and he had all these ideas of action love romance sex and it's like oh god i really want to make this movie so this is kind of like a it's sort of a childlike dream that's well, how the movie comes off to go to i love off that of what, well, i to, love that too yeah to connect with what kevin's saying though i think i think it's almost more like double impact would be is more of a example of jcvd trying to redeem his image rather than trying to um make art do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I'm exactly. Not, I'm not I, I get saying that. that. I'm not necessarily saying that as a bad thing. I just think like that—that that was his goal. Literally, that was his goal. 
to change his what image. What do you mean? Re- re- oh, okay. So redeem himself as in like just trying to give the audience a, another outlook on his like range. Yes, because it's in a way. Yeah. I mean, I read it in the take it with a grain of salt. I read it in the IMDb trivia, but basically he wanted the public. He wanted to change his public persona to say that like I'm not this guy, this quiet dude no, who that, kicks that, that all is the time. true. Right. That is true. There was an article written about that by bands about movies, and he he did say, Jean-Claude Van Damme said, I have a quote right here, one of them is violent and the other is not, so the audience can see the contrast in my work. Like This picture is comedy, romance, a love story, so it's not all action and fighting. When I fight on screen, I blend dancing and fighting. Grace plus power is very nice. It sounds like a very Jean-Claude thing to say. Quote, yeah. But that, that is what... Um, you gotta listen to this making of a making of documentary making of the film yeah it's two hours long i w- i watched it all for this wow yeah. oh man i gotta i gotta get that blu-ray it's just but that's it's like- a lot of just the guys talking but sh- but van damme is in there probably 30 minutes of it is him mm-hmm. yeah see like that's like re- really what i wanted to get into is that the way jean-claude delivers his like, his own brand of action like just to kind of differentiate from like arnie uh stallone jackie it's you can say the same thing about jackie there's sort of a childlike wonder to it but there's a filmmaker there's a painterly style to to the way the films are given to you or presented to you well jean claude it's like yeah jean claude it's just like i it's like it's like he's you could see he's kind of happy that his dream is coming true right in front of him it's like it's kind of like he's saying that he's making it for the audience but simultaneously it feels like he's making it for himself it's like he wants to be that action hero he wants right. to look cool take like if you look at the action scenes for example there isn't really much of a it's not the same as uh jackie's brand of action not the same as stallone's brand of action every shot is it's like jean-claude attempting to look cool in every shot it's all about pose it's all about well what, I, what, I'll, <laughs> what i'll give what i'll give jean-claude van damme um just from the small sample size I have. Uh-huh. And this is something I meant to look up before the show, but I, I forgot to do that. You guys might know the answer is that um, every single one of his movies, um, not necessarily a fight scene, but there are a handful of scenes that have incredible lighting. So mm-hmm. that could be, that could be a example or a product of the era his films were made, like the eighties sort of like this heavy wash of colors. Um, the best example in, in this movie, in Double Impact, is the sex scene. Um, I know that's intended to be like dreamlike, um, but heavy pastels, like pink, blue. Um, mm-hmm. You're thinking of that, of the the, the fight between the Spurs, uh, who is referring to the, that's what I was gonna say. the heavy with, and with Spurs on his I was going to bring that up. I love that. I like that scene a lot. That's another yeah. great example in this movie. Um, but like it, it has part... to do with with Richard Klein, the cinematographer, who like he, wor- he, he worked he on Soylent, constantly... Soylent Green. He was nominated for Star Trek, yeah, Soylent Green, King Kong, Hang 'em High. Did he do any Kong. other John Claude Van Damme movies, or is this the only one? No, this is the only one I think. Okay. Uh, he but he did like Bronson movies. He did like The Mechanic, Mister Majestic, Death Wish Two. Well, that tells me then it's more of a product of the era. But Jean Claude Van Damme. Three or the three or four movies that I've seen him star in, the lighting work has impressed me, um, which is probably why Death Warrant is my favorite film of his that I've seen so far. Again, that one was way more atmospheric. Um, actually, that one's almost all dreamlike, from what I recall. 
Um, the way that the fight scenes are shot, a lot of the side characters in that one really That's sell like, their parts. It's like the one I haven't seen from that time frame. <laughs> Ironic. <laughs> I need to watch that one. Um, anyway, I'm just, that's the only thing I can go off of, but that's just my two cents. Like, I think I give his, um, I do like Jean-Claude Van Damme though. Like he's, um, I'm always excited to see where his fight sequences are going to go. Um, this one, like a a handful of them in the, in the third act, some of them were like, yeah, that's, that was pretty good. And then there were a few other moments where it was like, okay, that's different. Not sure if they pulled that off correctly. Like the, I don't, I'll just say it. The moment when he's fighting Bolo Young, um, mm-hmm. there's a moment where he like they're throwing the barrel at each other. Um, I thought, hey, really cool idea. Not sure that it it was executed uh, to Perfectly. its fullest. Yeah, yeah, do you know what I mean? I understand. Yeah, I understand. I don't know what you mean for that when you say not to the fullest. You're just saying like the angles used or like the the editing or just sort of use, using like it, using it in the first place. No, like I like the idea how they were using the barrel as a weapon at each other. Um, and like Jean-Claude Van Damme blocking it with his leg. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I think the part I'm complaining about or having a critique about is um, just after that, when Bolo Young's trying to throw the barrel at him, um, there's just like weird shot where the camera goes behind him and the barrel's floating in the air. And then, yeah. And then all of a sudden, Jean-Claude Van Damme is like behind Bolo Young after he turns around. So it, it it's sort of like a blocking critique or the way that they filmed it, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. Like it, it's I think that fight started out strong and I was like, really cool idea with the barrel. But then. I wasn't satisfied with the way it ended is the best way I can put that. Well, I think I that, that one is, I mean, just to get in with to the story, Chad really wasn't a real fighter and he's he got his ass freaking beat by Bolo Young in the beginning of the movie. And that was him redeeming himself after again, we're skipping ahead uh, to one of the scenes I actually have, but I think he's getting back and he can't actually beat the guy in a one-on-one fight because he's not a fight. He's not, he's a karate instructor. Yeah. <laughs> a jazzercising dude Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is what I would have said because of the pastels, but I don't know. Uh, fair, I, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I mean, think, I think I think that's just I think that's just taste at that point. Yes, taste and man, I just want to say I think it, there's something just off to me, and that I guess that is a taste thing about just the way that that moment ends, and that's a specific example. I don't I really have that. I don't have oh, any others. Are you off talking the top of my about head. you talking about it wasn't as satisfying? Yeah. All right, yeah, so that that is literally a direct result of them running out of money because they were making this movie at the exact same time they were making Stone Cold with the Boz, Brian Bosworth. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, and that movie, <laughs> they both were financed by the exact same company, which was actually run or financed by Michael Douglas, Stone Cold Pictures, I believe. And that was his company that i think it started with jewel of the nile and then uh, it only made like maybe seven or eight movies total but they basically gave the, that movie the stone cold movie which is I more think money a, they gave it 25 million and gave this one like 10 or 15 i for i it might have been 10 for this one and i think they just said they had to like wrap that up pretty quickly and had to do it do what they could with it you know that's super I, interesting to me because okay was the boss that much of a 
of a box office draw compared to JCVD by 1991. We're I mean, ta- we're literally talking just like producers making like a decision like we're we think this is going to be better. That's it. That's the, that they specifically oh, okay. talk so they talk about that in the documentary which if you get the movie I, I highly recommend sitting through it just for like context. But yeah, I, I think that's an interesting point that you brought it up. I have been watching this movie for years. 20 something years. years so man. <laughs> this is time. Ben, like yeah. if I was didn't make myself clear, just that specific example with the barrel, really cool idea. Uh unique unique for a fight scene, ultimately just not satisfying by the end point. Um, you know, so I get that. I think I made it, my case, I think, but I think at that point it's really just it's 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 in particular it's particular to, to van damme like that's a it, it's a style if you notice the way uh van damme's fight scenes are are shot he, there's a there's a lot of well there's a lot of would like, you say there's a double impact a double impact <laughs> yes <laughs> well kevin it, to it yeah it, it it sort of goes to what you were saying with that quote that you brought up before where jcvd himself says graceful but not how'd that end graceful but not graceful um here i i got it yeah i got it give me one second <laughs> graceful but uh great no grace plus power grace, grace plus, plus power, power. okay dancing and fighting yeah all right so, so really the way van damme films his action sequences it's not he it's a strong focus on on composure and the way he looks when he's fighting say like you take jackie and you take Sly, uh, arnie and sly there's a dynamic feel to the way they fight. It's fast. It's like that's Jackie's style. But then when you take Arnie, you know, you see like these like two big hulking dudes just fighting. They naturally look really cool. Whereas with Jean Claude Van Damme, it's like he cares about the way this looks on camera. So he's really putting all of his energy into into pose. How does he How does he look when he lifts his leg up in the air like this? Mm-hmm. How does he look when he's holding a gun? He wants to like flex his bicep towards you whenever he's holding that gun. Right. So it's it, it's like he's kind of treating himself like a living action figure. He's finding the right pose. He's trying to look cool, and that that focus maybe might be an acquired taste for some. Obviously, um, yeah, Chris. I mean, it, it seems like it it kind of takes a little bit of a down. It's one of those things where he's focusing on it and he means well, but by doing that, it's almost like he's taking away the effect of what he's trying yeah. to do. I, I see that. Yeah. I, 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 I get what you mean. Yeah, because definitely. with my comment on how I like his lighting, certain, certain sequences are filmed with grace, but then all mm-hmm. of a sudden, like, again, I'll bring up the barrel fight. Half of the barrel fight is graceful. Then the other half, all of a sudden it just changed. And it was like the pace changed. It was clunky and unsatisfying and it was just like mm-hmm. why how, you know like how you had it going great like why why did it and i don't know maybe that was the director there could have been a lot of things the reasons it's that it's also like, what happens in the a, in the cutting room for when once you finally edit the film well then. you have a director you got john claude van Dance starring you got bolo young who's been in the hong kong in- industry for however many years up until that point. yeah you got, you got a stunt coordinator and then you got yeah. you got John Claude Van Damme in the producer chair as well. So th- you have a bunch of ideas just kind of fighting off of each other. Whereas in, if, if it's a Hong Kong movie, you literally have the director and the stunt, like the martial arts director, you have two directors and they, those guys collaborate and everybody else just like, you're doing what you're told. Can I, can yeah. I use, can I do another example? Cause I think I beat the barrel yeah. fight to a pulp. 
Um, That's okay. And I think the listeners might be tired of me using that. There's another moment. (laughs) I electrified (laughs) it. There's another example where it's, again, toward the end of the movie. Um, They're in that, like, KG area where everything's sort of like metal stairs. Um, it's, It's where the blonde is tied up and where Jeffrey Lewis was tied up. The boiler room. And the boiler room. Very good. And uh, the, I'm so bad with names in this movie. Corey Everson, the redhead. I'm talking, well, I was going to go with Nigel Griffith and the um, other bad, the other bad Asian villain, Zhang. Thank you. They're looking down at um, Alex, who's fighting Miss Olympia. And yep. the other brother comes up from the side, right? That whole that whole sequence, although there's really no kicking, it's the only physical contact is between Miss Olympia and Alex, aka Jean Claude Van Damme, the twin who wears slick back who eats hair. a toothpick and slick back yeah. hair. <laughs> They're having physical contact. There's sort of like a fight, but kind of not really. Um, and then the other brother, also played by Jean Jean Claude Van Damme, he has a gun. So like that whole sequence, really clunky to me. Like the shooting, he was like, That's... "Hey, like the the bad guy starts shooting at Alex, pop, 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 right?" And he's missing all his shots. And then the other brother, Chad, is trying to save the other brother. Um, am I that, off that would, with my that statement would... there, or would you maybe sort of agree? It was a funding issue, and and Corey Everson said that 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 scene, her fight, her fight scene, was supposed to go better than that, but she kind of just dies mm. really oh, quick. <laughs> okay so is there anything okay. else is there anything else from the documentary I, I think that's also a function of them them filming inside of a cargo ship with like really claustrophobic it's not the best place to film a fight in the first place really but so yeah, the, yeah. but there, there's proofs to that though too because i think the claustrophobia would have worked for that scene um like in a if 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 say they had focused more on like a physical fight like hand-to-hand combat which the scene sort of tries to do but then it goes it goes back and forth to where the other brother is shooting the bullets to where the other guys are shooting the bullets um Mm -hmm. and then it just doesn't really make sense in my opinion it's haphazard yeah right but i think i think but i think ben makes a good point like they're just running they were just running out of money and and just did what they could. I think at that point. Yeah, it's that, and also there's. A, I would assume there would have to be trouble when you're trying to film Jean Claude Van Damme playing two different roles and interacting with each other. So yeah, like, that's that true too. Can kind of be a a, a big factor. Speaking of that, in, in I'm that. going to segue us into my other scene so that we can get these yeah. out of the way. <laughs> sure. Um, Sorry, Ben. You're you're fine. You're fine. Um, but this is. We're going back in time. We're, we're kind of out of order with the scenes just because we kind of jumped ahead because of conversation. But this scene I'm going to have to show is when they, they kind of had this little hideout on, a, on an island that they take a boat to. And the whole point of this scene is to show after the misunderstanding with Alex, the slick back hair brother, the tough guy with the girlfriend, the girlfriend goes with Chad to go do something on the mainland and he thinks that they're cheating on they're cheating with each other on on him so dream he's get, dreamlike he's get, yeah yeah so uh, that that's that's that dreamlike sequence happens already and then this this sequence happens directly after here it is well 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 
And there's a sweet picture. Alex, I tried to call you. Somebody searched me at the office. Oh, don't stop there, bro. I think she likes it. Alex, it's not what it seems. You shut up. Alex, cool down. Chill out, Belle. Chill out, okay? Chill out. Chill out. Chill out. Mr. California. Mr. Silk Underwear. Mr. Perfection. You wanna see with chill out in Hong Kong? You're drunk, Alex. You're drunk now. Stop this! <laughs> <laughs> Don't even think about it. Who was winning for that? Alex. Come on. Come on! Alex, he's your brother! Brother? Why? Because he looks like me? I'm gonna change that because I'm gonna fuck up his face. All right, we'll stop it right there because we don't want to. We can't show the fight. Um, yeah. Imagine filming this scene and you're Jean Claude Van Damme, and you have to talk to yourself before it happens because if not, if you if you go back and forth with the roles, you mean you have to change costume. So you have to deliver all your lines one way and then receive them all as a different character, but, but that looks different, you know, the same person, but twin, but, but looks different and a different character. So I just kind of like, I'm pretty impressed mm -hmm. when you actually study all the delivery. I think it, if you, if you watch the movie, I think it gets better towards the end. Cause he was probably getting more comfortable doing it. And I think that was a really good exchange. And then there's the exchange after the fight, which I think is pretty good too. But for the sake of time, I, I didn't plan to show that anyway, but I, I just really think that, the twin part of the movie was done very well. And I haven't mm -hmm. seen twin dragons in a while, but I would love to be able to compare it to that. I, I mm -hmm. don't remember if that was done as well for me. Cause well, it's Jackie doing Jackie stuff. And I think yeah. both characters were kind of supposed to be funny, but that was more of a comedy again, different movies. As we said earlier, you actually, I mean, to your point, you actually stopped it at a great, I think he says a few more lines here, Alex. And when this scene happened, I agree with you. I was impressed um, with JCVD. There, this is the only scene I think that really hits this. Um, look, it's a fun, it's a fun action movie. Okay, just in my two cents, this was the only scene that really sort of hit that um, like deeper thematic level of like, oh, he's my brother. Why? Because he he looks like me. Um, like, I don't think, I don't think it, any other scene actually like touches upon that, um, as intensely, um, unless of you guys, you know what I mean? That was the whole point yeah. that, that sex scene, which didn't even really happen, but it's in all their, it's supposed to be right. It's supposed to be all, th yeah. all three of them are thinking that like <laughs> these are, they're taking this boat back and the, the, and Alex is 
waiting for them and the, the other two were like oh like maybe we could you know we could do something with each other right now like we're you know he just saved me from like getting attacked and then other brother is is suspecting they are doing that and then that wasn't even that scene wasn't even supposed to be in the movie that was a last minute addition from the director because he's like oh it'll probably help to have a sex scene you know right. it wasn't planned <laughs> so that emotional payoff occurs after this fight because it's like you're it's a huge buildup so I, I do think it, it's great but also the fight imagine having so they had two twin brothers actually doubling for jean-claude so, so while jean-claude was wow. in the background with his face uh-huh. and then the foreground you have the back of the head of somebody those mm-hmm. two guys were actually twins oh because they, had, okay. they, they had to be dressed in the costume of the person that they were impersonating right uh-huh. so they had, yeah they, they had to yeah. shoot all the scenes with him as one brother and the other guy as the other brother and then flip-flop so that's interesting i like that if you haven't gotten it by now, I highly recommend this Blu-ray. It's great. Um, just for, Collector's edition. Yes, just for that. This, I mean, for all this background information that you're just telling us right now, because there was no way of for me to know this kind of stuff. Yeah. Other than the fact that I could look at the movie and as a cinephile, be able to say like, oh, this takes a lot of skill to be able to put something together fluidly um, with the same actor playing two different parts. Like I caught on to that, but you're all this other background info is excellent. If you ever want to get into Jean-Claude Van Damme, this is a good one to start with, but I still like you just go in alpha, uh, chronological order and start with, you know, never surrender as he's the bad guy and then blood sport, which is great. But I just really like this movie uh, double impact because I grew up on it. But yeah. also now that I'm like old enough to be like, I've seen all these freaking Hong Kong movies and it, all these things are just, they're almost familiar now. But you remember mm-hmm. as a kid, you remember, I don't know if you guys have any movies like this, but as a kid, you just are watching these movies about whatever filmed in a foreign land. And you're like, oh my, that's so cool. I can watch a movie and like see this thing that I've never, I, you know, I, I'll, I'll never see that in real life. But in this movie, it's there and it's so foreign, but also at the same time, after a while, if you watch that same movie or movies that feature that thing, whatever it is, it's like, oh, it's almost, I'm almost at home, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that that the the biggest example for me in, in this one is like the junk boat, the scene before that, them running through the streets of Hong Kong and then going across the junk boats that are all tied up together in, uh, in the harbor. I just like had that ingrained into my head as what Hong Kong is. And I, I, I don't know, it just... yeah. That's just me. You guys don't have that since you didn't grow up on this movie. <laughs> oh, no, I get it. I get it, Ben. I get it. I too. do like this movie. I, I do like this movie. Let's do the last scene to get it out of the way and then finish up some thoughts. But the last scene mm-hmm. feeds into what we were talking about with the Bolo Young, the last Bolo Young mm-hmm. fight. Um, this is the incentive for that fight. What the hell's going on up there? It's painfully obvious, Raymond. Would you please give me the phone? This is Nigel Griffith speaking. Good evening, lads. Not in a conversational mood, are we? Fuck you. Well, perhaps a word or two from a friend might serve to break the ice.
they know where we are now. Well, that's good. We're going to stop wasting time. Ring the area with your men. Hurry! Moon! We're still waiting for you, lads. You know, it's not terribly polite to treat your friends this way. If you don't hurry, I'm afraid that one of them might just have to depart our company. All right. And then there's the, the, the blue screen flight. Mm. <laughs> with the spurs. Um, with the yeah. spurs. And that the guy I, I don't have his name off the top of my head, but the the guy with the spurs, the heavy with the spurs, is the actual stunt coordinator for the movie. Um, mm. Oh, that's again, cool. That is cool. I'm I'm endorsing it again. Get the Blu-ray and watch it. He he has a very <laughs> cool story. He's a French guy, and he has a very cool story about Jean Claude just meeting him in France after you know eight years of seeing each other when they used to compete in martial arts back in like the late 70s and he just cold cold uh asked him he's like you're gonna be this the stunt coordinator for my movie and just invite like without even like knowing the guy's uh you know his resume without even knowing his resume he's like yeah you're gonna come with me like that's (laughs) pretty cool uh for that guy to have that story in his life but i mean just to keep talking about that documentary for for a moment all those people have nothing but good. I'm surprised to be honest that there wasn't any like dirt stories. They all have great things to say about each other. The, the two twins, the, the, the producers, uh, Sheldon Littich, they all like just worship John Claude Van Damme. And obviously this movie came out, they filmed it in the 90, in 1990 came out in 91. And that was still like two or three, maybe even four years before, he went on his cocaine binge and started. Yeah, you know, I read about that. Doing cr- crazy shit, so he was still like a a draw, but he was coming into his like all star status for what it's worth. But yeah, that that scene that I just the last scene that I, I showed was that was the incentive for that fight where Jeffrey Lewis is Frank is tied up and they're like using some kind of steam gum or something to make him scream. It's actually pretty. As a kid, I was like, this is terrifying. He's intense. Like yeah. the screaming's intense, and he's just getting sprayed with cold water in actuality, or whatever, like, oh. a, like a mist gun, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But he makes it look so painful. Yeah, it's a great. I saw it really well. I just love. Yeah, exactly. And I love how they're like just in the ship. They got like the red, like the code red lights on and stuff. I just it's it's cool look. I think that feeds in like having the hostages. It feeds into like the James Bond kind of ripoff that they're going for at the end with adventure with comedy with love with you know martial arts it, it's a very big amalgamation of shit but i i don't know yeah. i love it and <laughs> i'll just keep talking about it if i don't shut up now so you do you guys have any other things to say about john claude van damme or just the movie uh, the floor is yours yeah i wanted to say something about just films like these and you take in action films from the 80s up to the 90s there was from what I, from at least how I see it, an inspirational outlook on physicality. So it was like, sort of like there was a beauty of the human form and its capabilities. So you take into account, again, Arnie and Sylvester Stallone, you take Jean-Claude Van Damme, it was like, they were sort of like beacons of inspiration where like the young boy would would want to be this kind of, per, this, this kind of, this kind of man. Like, you know, I would like sit there thinking, I really want to be that kind of hero. You know, I want to like have like my muscles flexing and everything. And it was like there was just like, an outlook on real men in film. And you don't really get that anymore. And I think 
uh, yeah, there's just something really cool about that. The action star of back then doesn't exist nowadays. I mean, you can say Tom Cruise, yeah, of course, but just that cool action hero. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't really see that anymore. I think and... that goes along with the just general change of practical effects to computerized CG. Yeah, CGI. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, you don't have to be good anymore. You can no, just, you don't oh, have to. Just work, work <laughs> out for three months, be jacked, and yet we'll just make you look good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. But uh, again, then you have people like Tom Cruise, and uh, I will. I didn't love it, but I will give him the credit. Keanu Reeves in the John Wick movies, like yeah, he's doing stuff that nobody else is doing in this day and age, and that's really mm-hmm. unfortunate. Because imagine growing, imagine being born in the late sixties, early seventies, and being a teenager in the eighties, and just seeing all this. Sh- like you're just, you'd be like overwhelmed with the amount of shit that is like this because we don't have that anymore, and so now we're just really hungry for it. The people who are correct and like it are, are, hung- mm-hmm. are, hungry, <laughs> are hungry for it. Right. Right. Kevin, you like perfectly worded like how I felt about this movie growing up with it. Like just mm-hmm. wanted to be these guys. They're so cool. And yeah, you want to be that. You want to be that kind of guy, right? Like it was. I love how they kind of like make it like they're like, oh, he's he was like a French guy or like he was brought up in a French orphanage or something. So it's like, yeah, they explain away the accent. But I was I was exactly. always as a kid, I was like, oh, damn, it'd be so cool to have that accent and like be able to talk like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh i I, I, I will yeah i will say though like besides like say tom cruise and keanu reeves but you want to look at like filmmakers who take into account you know like physicality and like just like that the beauty of like you know like the way that looks on film like take Zack snyder you take movies like 300 or you take even man of steel and justice league there was the way he did it was like he took it was like it was like he took statues in rome carved up by michelangelo and frescoes painted by michelangelo and made them move on screen and again it's like these are guys who were seen as like mythic creatures like gods and in a way that was sort of the same thing as what van damme does here or the the way arnie presents himself or stallone presents himself in terminator rocky it was just a really cool thing to see hmm. that's All very right. interesting good i, li- I like it Anything else to say, Chris, about Double Impact? Sure. I'll say that the last two scenes you showed, the blonde, give me your name, please. Alana Shaw is is the actress. Yeah. Danielle is the character. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Alana Shaw? Shaw. 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 Okay. All right. Shaw, like Shaw Brothers. Okay. Got it. Miss Shaw um, had great costume work. The tan slash brown tank top on point. <laughs> Kino. Yeah. Kino. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mean when it came off? <laughs> no, actually. No, I mean, I know you're joking, but actually, no. Like, am I? Am I? Am I? Just, yeah. just a straight up, like, nice tank top. The costumes in all these 70s, 80s, 90s movies are always just like, why can't people wear cool shit like that anymore? You know? No. Again, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I get it. <laughs> Another like, example. What she's wearing is also supposed to have sex appeal. Totally get that. Yes. But it's a legitimate it's a legitimate compliment. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I agree with uh, Chris. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll let you get I'll let you squeeze that in there. Squeeze those balls yeah. in there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> also, you like second the, what? 
I was gonna say second as bull low, of a young fight. Yeah, as Low Lie would do. Right, he was yeah. the guy who was doing that in the uh, in that other Hong Kong movie. Well, he was the one getting hit in the balls. But oh, yes. he was the one taking the hits. Yeah, okay, yes. fair enough. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm trying to find a, a picture of Alana Shaw in that tank top. Please. I just, <laughs> I was gonna say though, like after Bloodsport, it's really cool to see uh, Van Damme and Bolo Young fight again. It's it's kind of the same as uh, Jackie and Benny the Jet fighting for the, for a second time. Yeah, that was kind of the idea, I think. Of, of yeah, like, yeah, that was the idea. And they were really they were two best friends. Like they were friends in real life, Bolo and Van Damme. Yeah, they're friends yeah. now. I don't know about them now, but, but like. They even said at the time in the nineties, Bolo could only what? say like ten words in English. Like, like <laughs> couldn't speak English worth a damn. But which is interesting to me. It's like you're, gr- I mean, he's probably then he was probably in his forties. But like you're in, he was yeah, forty five British, British <laughs> Hong Kong. You'd think you'd you'd know a little bit, but right, right. Well, he he actually escaped communist China and swam right. to Hong Kong. Is that true? So, so, yeah. Oh wow, that's pretty wow. yeah. What a, I, what I read bad, that somewhere. So real, yeah. real life badass. <laughs> yeah, real life badass. Like wow. Real. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently, he's known as like one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. Oh yeah. Completely different there's, from his uh, persona. <laughs> there's videos on YouTube of like him, you know, ten years ago in his sixties, maybe even seventies now at this point, with mm-hmm. John Claude, and they're just talking and laughing in restaurants wherever they're at. <laughs> they're yeah, they're friends. You're right. And I was just he's still in really good shape. I was gonna say. They, yeah, they both are. Gosh, yeah. Um, they. I was gonna say that Bolo Young, that that fight and just casting him, I think was almost a logical continuation of Bloodsport. Like it's this mythical guy. It's this mythical character. Like looks scary. He's like a strong man. Like kind of like. I mean, mm-hmm. Bolo Young was a bodybuilder as well. So he was. Yeah. Basically, it's not a real glass eye. So right? cool. No, that's fake. No, that's fake. <laughs> no. I assumed so, but I wanted to just make sure. You need to. You need to watch Bloodsport, Chris. Yeah, I was gonna say unofficial Chris, yeah. trading post. I think you're, I think you would enjoy Bloodsport. I was going to say that, and it's after got you guys just brought it up again, and but. it's got Far Forrest <laughs> Whitaker in it. Yeah, that's cool. Young Forrest Whitaker. Uh, I don't know if you, yeah, another character. I guess character actor. He's not really a star, but he plays no, like, like a uh, he plays like, like a, two, a goody two shoes kind of like M- MP going after Van Dam after he left the Navy. It's pretty funny. Yeah, <laughs> they have these huge ass stun guns that are just like it's like a telephone book. It's crazy. It's it's interesting. I love it. I love it. And the last thing I'm gonna say about Double Impact, I lied. I lied. Was the James Bond thing goes even farther because because Philip Chan Zhang pulls out a sword out of his cane at the end. I'm like, that's mm-hmm, such a mm-hmm. Bond thing to happen. I'm gonna shut up now because. I could talk about this for a while and I did want to get out of here early and we're over like usual. So it's, it's my, fault. I'll, I'll, I'll blame myself. And the last alibis, double impact. We're going to, we're going to rate, right? We're going to rate it. But yes. any, any last things before that? Uh, I think I got everything I wanted to say. I am all set as well. Oh, Cri- shout out to feel the impact, the song. Yes. Uh, classic. I love that. So I did love it. I, I hope you work that into the, uh, the pod maybe as the end song or something yeah that sounds great and of course that's the song on the blu-ray menu 
Like, it's just yeah. like, I'm sitting down here on my phone after I watched it, and 10 minutes gone by, and that song just keeps looping. I'm like, I ain't even mad. <laughs> yeah, no, you can't be mad. <laughs> nope. It's on Spotify under the composer, but it was done by a group called Gen G E N. I can't find mm-hmm. them on, oh. on Spotify. So on Spotify. I don't know if they're a soundtrack group or what, but yeah, they, they did a, a lot of songs for this. I, I couldn't find the song they were playing at the nightclub. I could not find that anywhere. It must have just been for like this movie, and it's just not online anywhere. Not on a soundtrack, not on a oh. record or anything. But. Well, IMDb does. IMDb probably has the information. I think all the songs were by Jen, except for uh, one of them. So it would be one of uh, four songs. That maybe the guy who wrote it and was Jen at the time is. I think I believe it's Arthur something one of the songs is arthur Arthur temple yeah is music and lyrics by jen um but performed by cheryl x that could be the club song but i'm just thinking of i'll have to look into that yeah all right ratings chris go first since you uh just watched it today because you were a little uh tardy (laughs) yes a little tardy but still made it in time i'm going i had fun with this even though I have real critiques, this is a six out of 10. Mr. Kevin. Seven out of 10. Look at that. Six, seven, eight. (laughs) Okay. Look at that. Cool. There we go. So that's a seven. Uh, Obviously, if you do the averages real quick, that's a seven out of 10. Recommend if you are picking between another Jean-Claude Van Damme movie as your first, or like, you know, maybe you haven't seen a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie since you were, uh, you know, a 10, a 10 year old, like you got to get back into it. Definitely. If you've already seen blood sport and you don't really feel like for whatever reason, you're a crazy person and don't like that, what we talked about and don't think this is going to be cool. Chris was a six out of 10. And he, he was a little lukewarm for me. I was, I was just scared yeah. for that rating. If, if you don't like <laughs> this movie after how we talked about it, I highly recommend the kickboxer. That's some good shit. Yeah, I think that that could be a good one to start with. Yep. That was mine, I think. Yep. Kickboxer, then Bloodsport. Yeah. And Kevin, since you've seen those two and that now this one, I highly recommend the. I don't have a good rating on Letterbox, but I know it's going to yeah. go up because I rated it when I was a little bit younger and a little bit more okay, more hard on my critiquing. But <laughs> the quest, the quest. I think I have 96 it's in it's in his cocaine era as the uh, as the kids say on Instagram I'm in my era and it was written by John Claude Van Damme and co- directed by him too and co-written by Frank Dukes <laughs> oh shit <laughs> oh that's such a good double feature with Bloodsport actually yeah uh, yeah okay it's on, it's on my watch list yeah do it I, oh, I need to shoot. I need to rewatch it actually I can give you a copy on Please, that note, yeah. on that note, thank you so much for tuning in. Send your mailbags in. We're going to have more guests on maybe this calendar year, if not definitely next calendar year. But yeah, send your send your mailbags into the searchers podcast at gmail.com. Please rate us. Uh, I'm noticing that if you're getting this far, you probably haven't rated us because our ratings total count has not gone up since the last episode. So what the fuck are you doing with your life? Yeah, I'm coming on strong, bro. Get at me. (laughs) Feel the impact.
jump back and get ready.